today on The Breakdown. Timothy Adams, he's just your regular guy, right? But not always. Not in 100K Monte Carlo super high roller event, by the way, with unlimited rebuys in 2013. He was up against Fabian Quas, and they played a pretty, pretty interesting hand. Let me tell you, we're going to break it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. What, what made you say Timothy Adams, just a regular guy, as opposed to <laughs> anybody else we've ever done a breakdown on? I'll tell you exactly what it was. It's his name. His name is very normal sounding. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. I probably should have explained that a little more, but I never know where I'm going in these openings anymore. In the old days, I would plan them out. That is that is long gone, let me tell you. Who has time for that? <laughs> now it's just, all right, I'm just going to say something about these guys. Let's go. Just you know? a normal guy. So it's, uh, you know, you're as surprised as I am, or I'm as surprised as you are, I should say, uh, when these things happen. We're all surprised. Yeah, it's a delight. Speaking of surprises, this hand has some surprises. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things. This is, it's so interesting how poker evolves, and it happens what well, feels like very quickly when you look at what year this is from, this is from 2013. It doesn't sound like that long ago, but five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, but that, that shouldn't that, be that long ago. But the but evolution is clear in, especially the pre-flop play in this hand. Yeah. It's like, we're watching this. We're like, did high level people really used to do this? I guess they did. I used to think like yeah. this too, I guess. I guess this is how I used to think. I never did this. I'll tell you what, not ever, but, yeah. but everyone else I know. Everyone always did this. I probably actually though I probably have gone the other way now more. I'm, they don't know what we're talking about when we're saying. Well, we'll so maybe we should it explain out. it. Yeah, but um, but I've always I always suspected that this was wrong, and it feels like this is something I actually turned out to be right about. So it feels good. Unless it changes back, you never know. No, I'm staying. I'm sticking my to my guns, man. All right, forever. Your opus. Um, all right, so <laughs> yeah, my opus. <laughs> Which means what? It's a composition. <laughs> okay, That's cool. That's all it is. Yeah. Just a composition. That's for poker time viewers. It's, it's by the way, it's also um musical in nature. <laughs> <laughs> for poker time viewers. So Mr. Uh, Holland's opus is just a song that Mr. Holland came up with. That's all. It's not like a great song or a special song or anything. Nope. It's just a or song. Or his greatest achievement. Nope. Turns out it's just just a song. If it was his magnum opus, it would be different. Yep. Sigh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's an inside joke for Poker Time viewers. You should watch Poker Time if you're not a Poker Time viewer. It's a fun show. It is a fun show. Cool things are about to happen on Poker Time also, actually. Uh, we have ju- we're just about to start launching our sit and goes. So we're going to have two Poker Times a week. One of them is going to be our cash game, and the other one's going to be a sit and go. So you can watch uh, you know, people play $1,000 buy-in. They're playing for real money. It's kind of cool. It's, it's, I actually enjoy the sit and go stuff more because of the situational stuff, personally. I think they're... Both both uh, formats have their their merits. Absolutely, yeah. no, they're both interesting. But I love a, I love the narrative of a uh, sit and go or a tournament that you don't get in a cash game. Yeah, I agree. The narrative is cool, and uh, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about a super high roller tournament. So the yeah. narrative is these guys have some some weighty backers behind them throwing their cash yeah. around. I, it's it's likely that neither of these guys paid the full amount themselves. 100K unlimited rebuy? No. That's not what these guys do. I mean, maybe Fedor Holtz after his monster year could do that, but most even top players can't really do that and have it be sustainable in any way. How old was Fedor at this time anyway? He was like oh, at this time, he was like years old. Three. He was yeah. three. He was in his mommy's womb. He was just womb. a twinkle in his daddy's eye. <laughs> All right. So uh, the 100K nature of this thing makes everything so serious. These yes. guys are so serious. I mean, the prize pool is... 
humongous. And by the way, we are down to it in this too. There's like 14 players left. Yep. Yep. All right. So this is going to open with Sorrell Mitzi, who is not going to factor too much in the hand. I guess he, he probably doesn't play these things anymore. I've heard he's had some financial difficulties. Yeah. Um, I think he probably played a few too many 100K unlimited rebuys, and here we are, you know. Uh, well, the type of thing he does in this, I guess at 816K, is he's going to open plus two to 36K with Jack Eight of Hearts. It seems yeah. a little loose against a good field. Agreed. But whatever. Who cares? It's hard to range him. Yep. Uh, Timothy Adams, who, if you don't know who he is, besides just a regular guy, he, he's just your basic, basic dude. human. Yeah. For at least this period and for a couple years surrounding, it was playing all of these events, all yeah. these big time high roller events and was quite successful at it. And he's on the button with two Kings, King of Spades, King of Hearts. And now we're going to start to see examples of what we were referring to earlier, where things have changed in the past five years. Yeah. And it's preflop sizing. Preflop we sizing, about. especially three bet, four bet, whatever sizing. Mm. Over the thirty six k, Adam makes it sixty seven k. Like that's yeah. that just doesn't happen in high level stuff. It's these less days. than double the amount that Sorrell made it. Yeah, that's cray. People just don't do that. Like I think if Timothy Adams was sitting in this spot today, I think my guess would be he would make it a hundred k or a hundred and five k, something How, like that. What's what's Adam's stack? Like uh, Adam has 598k. 598, right? So he can make it a lot more and it would yeah. be fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how, and Sorrell made it 30. Yeah, he can make it 100k, no problem. And yeah. fold, I mean, not that he'd fold this hand, but, no, but no. he could fold some of his range easily. Yeah. So that's that's changed a lot in the past five years. I don't know if you guys out there remember how that was so common for so long. Yeah. Just, the three-bet sizing was like less than the actual raise. I mean, it was clickback wars pre-flop. Yeah. That's what people were doing. And something I said to Grant as we were watching this, and there's going to be more coming. Don't you worry, people. But um, is like, not only would there be clickbacks, but people would fold to the clickbacks. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm getting the world's greatest price, but your, your hand is so strong and your range is so strong, I just have to fold, which is generally not the right way to look at this when you're getting like five to one, which... Sorrel Mitzi's already going to be getting five to one to call here. Yeah. Maybe a little more with the blinds and innies. More with the blinds and innies. More like six to one. It doesn't matter. He can have almost anything and have to call. Yep. So that's a problem. Yeah, I just don't. It's just that's gone away, though. But in the year of 2013, that's what we're doing. Yep. So Adams makes it 67K with his two kings. Now, in the small blind, we have Fabian Quas. He's got 697K. Yeah. And he's got ace jack of clubs. And uh, this is already kind of a stop, a tough spot, you know? Like, there's a relatively early position to open the button three bets. If it wasn't Sorrell Mitzi who had opened, this is probably just you almost always fold. Yeah. But Sorrell opened, and as we see, he does have jack eight of hearts, and everyone knows Sorrell's probably opening some ridiculous percentage of the time, and it changes the dynamic. It does, because we know Timothy Adams is going to three bet more frequently. Especially on the button. And the sizing makes it so it's not putting ourselves in so much jail to enter this pot one right. way or another because right. Timothy Adams has only made it 67K. It's 816. It's like it's just like an amateur opened big. <laughs> that's like basically yeah. where we're at here. That's right. It's like 4Xing. Yeah. That's all that's happened. It's, it's, it's actually 4X. Yeah. It's 4X. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. How can it be 4X? I think because of that, we could just call out of the small bind with ace jack of club. I was it. thinking the same thing. It would thing. be fine. I, I think that's probably the play. To just call. I like that decision much better than what Quas ultimately decides to do. Which is also indicative of the era. Not only the sizing he chooses, which is also going to be small, but that the idea that you have to three bet like or four bet or put in another bet out of the small blind if you're going to play. Yeah. I mean, 
by raising, he does one thing which is good. But so he's going to click it back himself, right? What yeah, does he, he make makes it? it 135 over the 67. Okay, so it's more than a click back, but it is still it's again basically a click back. Well, no, a click back is going to be like 90. Right, right, right. It's basically a doubling of. of it's just du- right again. Timothy Adams with pretty much his entire range has to call now. Yeah, if Timothy Adams has six seven of spades, he has to call. Has to. Yeah, he's getting an outrageous price to call, and he's in position, and he so closes the action. The sizing seems even worse out of position than yep. in position. Yeah. Even now, even though our sizing has become bigger, Jonathan and I at least still size bigger out of position than in position. Of course. Spots like this. Um, so one of the things, one of the good things about this clickback, or not clickback, but small raise yes. for Quas is he is going to eliminate Sorel Mitzi a lot instead of if he just calls, Sorel Mitzi's coming in. Yep. So that is actually, that has some value. That does have some value. And so maybe you think like, it's sort of cheap to get rid of Sorel, but if we're going to three bet anyway. Four bet. Right, sorry, four bet anyway. Of course, we have to make it bigger. Now we know this. We want to get, I mean, Ace Jack suited doesn't play amazingly out of position against a three betting range. So we want to give ourselves some fold. We want them to fold two eights sometimes, you know? Right. See, the thing is, I guess because people actually were folding a little bit too, they were overfolding in these spots when this would happen. Obviously, Adams would never fold kings. But if Adams had the, you know, seven five of hearts or something like that, like, or king queen. You think off? he might fold? I think back in the day, they were finding folds with those kinds of hands because they're like, well, I could be up against Ace-King, so I can't put in any more money. Instead of, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I'm up against. I have equity. I'm calling getting this. I have more equity than the price I'm getting, and there's implied odds. Of course I'm calling. Yeah, and I'm in position. Yeah, that's yeah. even better. But even when you're out of position, it wouldn't matter here, right? Yeah. Like if you're Timothy Adams with whatever hand you had, you're in the small blind, you make this play, you get five bet by the button, you guys, your seven five of hearts. Do you get five bets super small? You have to call. Yeah, right. Don't you just have to? Yeah. You know, it's going to create all these weird post flop situations. Yep, that's right. Well, that might be also why we're seeing fewer four and five and six bets these days. Is because the sizing has gotten bigger. It makes it so stack sizes make it so you can't really do that with as wide of a range anymore. Um, that may be part of it. Yeah, I think also a lot of players now feel like isolation is a huge part of playing preflop. And it's not as much about winning the pot preflop as much as isolating preflop and then getting to play your range against this other player's range in position yeah. with, the, with the initiative. And that's like very profitable. Sure, that makes sense. So we don't love the sizing. We're not saying that these are bad players because of this because this of is what not. everybody was doing and these guys are elite. Yeah, Fabian Quas is the damn man. Yes, he loves scarves. And uh, he does. Uh, so he belongs in scarf corner. I think we I think because of Adam sizing, I think my favorite thing for Quas to do here would have been just a flat. Yes. Although he does let Mitzi in still. Why would you want to open up to either guy blowing you off the hand? Yeah. We can flat with a perfectly good hand at a perfectly good price. Yeah. And it's if, no problem. And if we're going to format, of course, it's obvious by now we both prefer a much bigger size than 135K. Yes. Now, I can understand why he may not want to make it much bigger. But this is why you shouldn't forbet at all, I guess, right? Because right? if you make it much bigger, you're sort of committing yourself. If you make it 200K, which is a more reasonable forbet sizing off the 67 or whatever, 68. Yeah. Now, if, if Adams moves in, you're supposed to call. I don't know. With got ICM, less than, if you are. Okay, you're getting, you're getting better than two to one. And, you know, with ace-jack suited, you're supposed to call. I mean, it's a horrible spot. I think I prefer just folding ace jack suited. Well, I think we can flat. I think that's why we flat instead of of raise. But by doing it this way, I guess he can raise fold, where he can't really raise fold if he makes it the normal size. I don't know if he's thinking about any of this, honestly, because back then they weren't. They were just clicking it back. 
Um, but yeah, I, so I like a flat here. I think a flat, it's, it's too good to fold for four blinds. Three yeah. and a half blinds, by the way. We've got half a blind in there. Like, I think we just call. Yeah, that's reasonable. Well, he makes it 135. Yep. Sorrell Mitzi reasonably gets out of the way. Of course. It's back to Timothy Adams, who, again, is the effective stack between these two guys with 598 to start the hand. Yeah. He's got a five bet. Okay. Uh, I think this is another change that we've seen. I don't think there's too much five betting elite versus elite these days anymore. Like, Not too much. Good versus exploitable player. You see it if like the yeah. good player's like, okay, this guy's going to go nuts. I'm going to five bet. But in this spot, I bet if Quas had four bet and Adams was on the button in this spot, he's flatting mostly his entire range because like five bet is so strangely polarizing, especially in a spot like this. Yes. Now, I guess this is one of those spots, and this is actually the one time I do click back stuff. Now, this is usually against worse players, admittedly. So this goes to your point. But is sometimes you get to the point where you're close to being stack pot committed or stack committed, I guess. It's more not really pot committed. And uh, so you want to keep the action open rather than close it. So you have like two kings here. And even by min raising, you keep the action open. You give the other guy a chance to shove on you rather than not. If you think the guy is that type of a guy, you know. Yeah. So there's some value. There could be some value in doing a super small thing. The problem for Adams is pretty much any race he's going to do is going to be more than a third of a stack. And it's going to be he's effectively moving in without moving in. Right. I mean, yep. he's saying I'm committed to this pot. If he if he five bets. I agree. And of course, I've been in spots like that where yeah. I'm hoping that like the smaller five bet makes people think they have fold equity, that type of thing. Like I had a spot like that at the World Series right. last year where I had 44 blinds with aces open to two and a half under the gun. The small blind made it 10 blinds. And I was like, I'm just going to make it 22 blinds instead of moving in here. And then he right. moved in on me. Which is, of course, we, we talked about this just the other day, actually. It's such a strange amount to move to make it because anyone in the world should be able to see you're, you're effectively all in. Yeah. Like, you can't ever fold. You have to have a monster. You don't have to, but you almost always have a monster I mean, I there. absolutely have to have a monster. With, there was two tables left in the event. Right. And the big I'm, blind just raised you out I'm of nowhere. The when and the small to. blind raised me. Like, you, oh, a small blind? Yeah. Okay. But still, yeah. like... That'd be a super weird thing for him to do light, right? It also isn't like you were opening all the time. You weren't like no. trying to run over the table or anything like it. No. There's no reason for him to believe you're getting out of line. Even if he thought you were, he has to have a very big hand. I, I, this, I actually questioned you about this. Because um, I was like, could that be a good play to raise to half your stack? Like, but when he makes it 10, if you want to re-raise, you have to make it 17 and a half anyway. Yeah. Like, so you are committed no matter what now, I guess, at 44 blinds, right? right. It's all the same. So it's interesting. Why did you decide 22? Let's talk about that for a second. Um, I just, I didn't want to do a min click, which I felt like, you know, it's, it's kind of an in the moment thing when you're kind of assessing the type of player you're against. This yeah. is a guy I'd been playing against for a while and he's not a bad player. He had, he accomplished a lot that summer. Actually. Oh, he had a great summer. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up finishing second in that event, in fact. And, uh, but he, the type of player he was, I felt like he would read into a clickback as like a super strong hand mm. and he might fold some of his range to a shove. So I was like, what's the other option? <laughs> so, All the like, options are pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I might click back only to give him more perceived fold equity, although none of there's no actual fold equity. I was also worried that if I click back, he might call sometimes and then I would lose out on value. Right. On the like I wanted to make sure I got it in pre. I mean, he is supposed to call for 12 more blinds with his clearly really, really any parts of the good range, all the value. Yeah. Although uh, it's such a bad spot. Anyway, he moved in with ace king and I thought that was a big mistake. Yes. What do you think he's supposed to do there? Just fold, huh? Yep. Yeah. I think so. I think he's supposed to flat pre-flop in the first place when under the gun opens. 
It's not the end of the world to three bet there. With my stack size, it kind of is. Well, he does also, yeah, it's not great. He doesn't have to make it 10 blinds. That also makes it a little tougher. He can make it eight. It's a little bit better. Yeah. So he's not as weirdly committed. It doesn't create so many weird dynamics later. It's a little bit easier to make decisions. I can understand wanting to raise not to let the big blind in basically for free, um, for super cheap. I get that. And you're going to be out of position against two players now instead of one. Isolating isn't horrible. You do have blockers. He just has to hope you have queens. The problem is if you have queens, you'd never make it half your stack there, right? Probably not. You'd almost certainly move in. Yeah. And then he might fold. Right. Right. So. Against my under the gun range when like, as you say, I'm not like just opening a ton or anything. Yeah. I think you just have to flat there. Just let the big blind in. It's fine. I mean, you can have a lot of hands. You can have ace queen. You can have tens. You can have jacks, right? He blocks aces and kings. I don't know that you have to flat. I don't know if I agree. Okay. Well, I, I mean, by the way, as someone who flats a lot with Ace King for, against under the gun opens, by the way, I do. But especially when you have 44 blinds, I guess in his mind, he just like wants to go with it. And he doesn't yeah. like think past it. But as soon as you make it 22, now he's praying you have Queens because that's the only good scenario that's left. Yeah. I don't think you make it 22 with Jacks. No. By the way, I don't think you make it 22 with Queens, but maybe no. you would. This, this could go back to the thing of like, well, I'm trying to give him a chance to like not fold his slightly worse hand if I have Queens, right? Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, you just move in. It's such you? a spot where, like, with queens, I'm happy to win the pop preflop at that point. And exactly. this is like, a huge point in the tournament when I get 10 blinds for free. Exactly. Sounds good. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Plus, plus, the, plus the antis yeah. and the big blind, too. Get, like, 12 blinds. Just yeah. here you go. You go from 44 to 56. It's huge. Right. Huge. It's a, it's a really weird spot for him. But, ugh, you make it 22. I might just fold if you did that. I think in say, spots I don't where people are playing generally conservatively, you should never be getting in 44 blinds with ace-king. You should avoid that situation if you can. Especially when they're in their strongest range, which yeah. you are clearly... I mean, this is about as strong as you can ever be. It's different if I'm on the button, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Even middle position. Yeah. Under the gun, and then you make it half your stack. Ugh. So bad. It does suck, though. Now, he's in the same spot that we're talking about with Fabian Quas and all that, where it's like, well, I'm getting... A crazy price. There's like 35 lines in there. It cost me 12 to see a flop. Don't I have to call? Yeah. I think you do have to call. Well, he moved in. Well, you can't move in. But he's moving in because he thinks, well, I want to see all five cards, right? Yep. But the problem is you just have it. Anyway, that's an example. Okay, sorry. That's an example of a time when I sized in a weird way as an exploit. Yeah. Which Right. Yeah. Sorry. Which is kind of what we're we're talking about here pre-flop with these guys, with, with Adam's like, Five betting here. Adams is deciding to five bet. Yeah, and he five bets to 198 or something? No, he five bets to 210 over the 135. And he started with 597? 598. 598. So more than a third of his stack. So he is saying, I'm committed to this pot. Right, but he's giving Quas a price where he can call it easily. Because Quas made it... 135. I mean, this is insane. This is a true clickback. Yeah. Adams has clicked it back basically both times. Um, This is a legit clickback. He's forcing Quas to call. Yeah. Quas has to call a 7-8 suited if he has that hand. Here's the thing I don't understand. I never understood this. So Quas has to call with 7-8 suited if we make it this much. He also has to call with 7-8 suited if we make it 100K more instead of 67K more, 120. Why not make it 120K more then? Right, right. Like, let's make the pot bigger. We have easier decisions later. You know, if the pot, the bigger the pot, the smaller our stack to pot ratio, the easier decisions we're going to have with two kings. And the more we're going to hurt him pre-flop before the flop comes out. Once the flop comes out, he's going to fold like all the time. Unless he has a speed. Right, of course. Yeah. Of course. But since we're deciding not to play this as a shove, 
We're not playing for full equity right now because we want value with our Kings, clearly. Yep. Why wouldn't we make it? We can still make it enough that he's forced to call. Why not make it more? I don't know. I just don't know what the value of this is. A different time, man. It was a different time. Yeah, it was a different time. That's the answer. Anyway, Quas calls. He has to. He has to call. He doesn't like it at all. He can't like it. We've got Quas with Ace, Jack of Clubs, and Adams with two Kings, King of Spades, King of Hearts. We're going to go to the flop. But before that, I got to tell you. This was exciting. About the Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. What are you going to say? I'm going to say that is a place where you can play with the poker guys. We have a monthly tournament. Yes. Happens at the end of each month. Yes. Uh, So look out for that. If you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up, you will have access to that tournament. That's neat. That is. Exciting for everybody involved. Yeah. I'd actually like to say to people who play that tournament at the end of January. um, February 3rd. February 3rd, you're right, the beginning, Super Bowl Saturday. Uh, we want to apologize because we had been saying there was going to be a certain amount in the prize pool, and I guess there was a... Can, nitrogen screwed up, and they set it at the wrong time, and they made the prize pool less than they meant to, I guess. So so that did not work out the way it was supposed to. Nitrogen's been really good about this. They before put a Bitcoin in the prize pool by accident and left yep. it in. So it's not like they're trying to screw anybody over. And we're pretty sure it's going to be clear sailing from here on out. But so for those of you who did play... The price pool wasn't as much as it normally would be. You still, by the way, got an overlay. Yeah. It still was a good deal for you. Absolutely. But normally the, normally the overlay is going to be much, much bigger, and that's gonna, the way it's going to be at the end of this month. And we think months, all the months going forward. Yep. And uh, beyond that, I mean, just use the link in the description if you want to kind of support us, which is a cool yeah. thing to do. And Nitrogen has a poker room, as you know. It also has a ton of other stuff you can do, sports betting. That's called Nitrogen Sports. So, you know, they're pretty big on the sports betting. Yeah. They also have uh, just other online casino games. It's a good site. It is Bitcoin only, which means you don't deal with any BS. You know, you get your fast withdrawals, your fast deposits. You get withdrawals for free, even though it costs money to transact Bitcoin. You get two free per month. Yep. Pretty good deal. Pretty good. And if you're withdrawing more than that, you're probably a drug dealer or a terrorist is my guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's because if you want your money, yeah. you have to be one of those. Things. Yeah, that's that's it. So anyway, get on Nitrogen. Use the link in the description. Get you some poker. Yeah. Also, keep your ears pricked up, everybody, because we're going to start doing some giveaways on Nitrogen really soon Yep. for you guys. Maybe even before this podcast comes out. Yeah. By, by the time you're hearing this, it may already be happening. We're not sure. But certainly um, by the end of February, there's going to be... That'll probably, be on Twitter. Yeah. Maybe other places too, but certainly on Twitter. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out. If you're, not, if you're not following us on Twitter, maybe you should start... It's going to be like free sports bets and stuff available to you guys. Yep. Cool. Absolutely. All right. So heading to the flop, we got Quas with Ace, Jack of Clubs. We got Adams with two Kings. We have 486K in the pot at 8K, 16K. Mm. I guess all this clicking back has gotten a huge pot for Adams with two Kings against Ace, Jack. That would never happen. Right. His sizing was different. So that's nice, I suppose. If he had sized bigger on the three bet, he probably would have just folded out Quas. And if he had sized bigger on the five bet he might have fallen out of quest so that's the good news yep I here's guess. the bad news the flop is ace of hearts three of hearts nine of diamonds oh what bad news well fabian is in the lead yes but he's also at cross purposes because uh <laughs> got a little smile out of grand cross on that purposes cross purposes yes because while he's in the lead he's not of the initiative and so uh, he could donk this. He could not donk this. He's got to make a decision. He's not going to donk it. Of course it. he is. I just wanted to get the word cross purposes in there because Joe Stapleton always does words cross. He always says the word cross, but he says it like quas. And I said so that was my first one, but I didn't say it like quas for all the different. cool insider people who get the jokes. You're very, very fancy. <laughs> um, 
So Quas is going to check because obviously Quas is going to check. Of course he's going to check. What's the value of betting here? There's no value. Pretty much none. Yeah. Except for a huge metagame value of like, I'm always donking ace high flops when I get five bet out of the small That blind. doesn't sound like a good plan. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Um, now, Adams is in a crappy spot. He's like, well, that's not the flop I wanted. It seems like he should probably check too, right? This is such an obvious check, I think. Like Adam's if Quas has two queens, which he certainly has in his range. Yeah. Here, He'll probably just fold if Adams bets. Maybe he'll call if Adams bets 16K, which maybe that's what Adams likes to bet in this spot maybe. based on his sizing. Yeah. But like if Adams bets a normal amount, I don't imagine Quas calling with a worse hand than Kings. I agree. Unless, I agree. Unless Quas has a flush draw somehow, but the ace is the heart. Like it seems really unlikely. It seems really clear that this is a check. Like we're going to fold out worse. Going to get called. I mean, if Quas has an ace, he's calling, right? If Quas doesn't have an ace, he's probably folding. Yep. Unless he has a flush draw. Fine. If he has a flush rate, you know, he's calling anyway, and it's fine to, to check once. And as Adams, we have the king of hearts in our hand, which blocks his second most reasonable flush draws, which are king high flush draws. Yeah. So, yeah. Checking seems like the only option here. Yep. Uh, the turn is pretty good. It's the king of clubs. For regular guy, Timothy Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Normal guy. Just, it, just a guy. Yep. Timothy Adams. King of clubs. So he speeds to the lead. Yeah, he's now got Quas drawing dead. Now, Quas should be a little bit worried about this card, as Adam's line does include two kings, obviously. You know, as Fabian looks across the table at Timothy Adams, he may be trying to pick up a read on him or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's talk about what Quas should be worried about here if yeah. he's considering betting or checking. Okay. Like we know that Adams has two kings in his range. That makes perfect sense. It does. Ace king probably makes sense also, right? I agree. I think Adams is going to check back ace king a lot on that. I think flop. Adams is checking back like ace king, aces, kings, queens. He's checking out most of his range on that flop, I think. Yeah. Unless he has, unless he's like super light. Let's see, if I bet super light, then he might feel just obligated to take shots. If he has a flush draw, he might bet that. Like if he has like the eight, ten of hearts or something. If he somehow had a, no, he would never have a baby set here. Just can't really have a baby no. set. No can't yeah so anyway there's not too much that he can really i guess he can have a flush draw he would have to have some value along with his flush draw but i think he's checking a lot of his value i think he's checking almost his entire range right so i'm not sure if there's too much value for quas betting here i agree because like we're gonna fold out two queens if we bet right yep and if adams has an ace it's better than our ace and he's not folding ace queen and he ain't folding ace king or aces or kings yep so i like checking and let's try and get value on the river Sounds good. Or let him or let him bet, and we'll figure it out. Yep. I assume we're going to call. I assume so, too. So Quas does check. Now, as Adams, you want to bet now? We've, we turn to set. It's an interesting spot. And so as Adams, we may think, we may not do all this calculation that Quas just did, because Quas, you know when you're sitting in your seat, it's sometimes hard to put yourself in the other guy's Yes, of shoes. course. It'd be very reasonable for Adams to think, well, wouldn't Quas bet an ace on the turn if he had one? Yeah, absolutely, you would think that. Now, we just came with all these reasons why Quash shouldn't. So yeah. if, if Adams was able to go deep enough, maybe he'd think, well, yeah, he's just probably going to check everything. In a traditional sense against non-elite players, right. you never expect them to check an ace twice there. Exactly, exactly. Now, Quas is super elite. Yeah. But, but so if we think he's going to bet an ace on the turn, then what in the world can he call us with when the king comes and we bet? What can he call us with? I, it's hard to think. I mean, he could decide to hero with two queens, but that king was... About as bad as it gets. I guess the King of Hearts is even worse, but there's ho- that's a horrible card for two queens. Yep. So it's reasonable to check. We still have only a pot size bet behind, right? But if we check, we're just hoping he hits his set so we can get value then. 
because he's, he's going to call the river with two queens if he doesn't improve? Uh, maybe. A few things could happen. Number one, that. That's asking a lot, of course. Yeah. Number two, maybe he'd feel obligated to bluff if he really doesn't have much. Like, if he has a suited connector type hand, how could he have a suited connector? If Adams checks, like, if Adams checks flop and turn, then maybe Quas starts to believe that Adams has jacks or queens yeah, and decides and to bluff with whatever make he it, has. Make a big bluff. Yeah. That's not, not impossible. Yeah. Um, maybe also he's got two queens, and if it checks through on flop and turn, maybe we can get value on the river sometimes. If it's a brick, we bet small. Maybe queens will be like, you know what? I guess you don't have to have it. You check all the time, right? That's not crazy. It's not crazy. That So it seems like it's better than betting the turn where... I just don't know how he can call with anything that that makes sense, right? I mean, if we think he would have bet an ace on the turn, which, you know, we just make cases both ways. Yeah. So if we're not sure, if we think he can have an ace, we should probably bet. Right. Obviously he can, but I don't know. I, I think I would lean towards betting here. Yeah, me too. But I'm used to playing against people who are nowhere near as good as Fabian Quas. I, so. I would bet small. I bet like 110K. And just make it so that way Quas would it's gonna if he has an ace or has anything good at all, it's just gonna feel obligated to call the shove on the river because the pot's gonna be so big. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. But Adams decides to check back. Yeah. So it's so weird that we've had four checks post flop with these hands. Yes. But it, they kind of all make sense in a way. They kind of do. But yes. All right. So we got four hundred eighty six K in the pot still, because nothing's gone in since pre flop. We've got the uh, ace three nine flop with two hearts, king of clubs on the turn, giving Adams a set against Quas's top pair with ace jack of clubs. Yeah, the river is a complete brick, six of diamonds. So, can you give us the whole board? Uh, ace three nine, king six. Thank you. Two yep. hearts, two diamonds. Yep. Okay. Quas checks again. Yeah, how about that? That That's is pretty surprising. Interesting. You think you might take a shot? Quas is the guy who forbet, but then called and had to call his entire range. He's calling there. Yeah. He has a slightly weaker range. He definitely has a weaker range than Adams. It's really surprising that he checks here. Can't we bet small and get called by Queens? Are we going to really like Queens? Just check it back. Yeah. We never expect a worse hand than us to bet for us at this point. Do we? Unless Adams waits until now to bluff with like a 10 high type hand, which seems strange. Quas must think Adams is tight enough that he's just not going to call with queens. It must be. So if you think the guy can't call with queens, then what are we betting? What are we hoping to induce? Like, the guy never has a king, just a lone king in his hand, right? It would seem. No. Because he would have bet the flop. If he somehow somehow had king three suited, he would have bet the flop, right? So he doesn't have a king. Nope. So here we are. (laughs) So I... So... uh, If you you really believe he's going to fold two queens, because you know him well enough... Then maybe you check, but can't you bet like sixty five thousand and get called by two queens? Maybe the thing is, it, it kind of goes both ways because if you check, he's not going to bet those either. Right. Well, maybe it seems unlikely he would bet and try and get value. You're right. If he's not going to call, even yeah. 60, uh, you know, a small bet. I don't know what to do might... here. I guess checking is fine. If you're not sure, I guess checking is fine when you're out of position. At like least, at least he the, can bluff sometimes. On the off chance, he'll bluff. Wouldn't he have already bluffed? There's yeah. so many great opportunities to bluff on this board before I don't know. now. I don't know what to make of all this. It seems impossible that if he had a bluff, he wouldn't have already taken a shot. Right then, he's going to take a it's shot. It's just now. so weird to have a five-bet pot and then have it go check, check, flop, and turn on an ace-high board. Yes, especially when people actually have good hands. Yeah. Because if, bo- if it's queens against jacks, it wouldn't be super shocking, right? Yeah. That would make perfect sense. But based on this, I don't know what's up. Well, Quas checks, and I get, I can't fault it because I don't like either option. Yeah, 
I agree. Adams clearly has to bet now. I mean, if he doesn't bet now, something's wrong. If he doesn't bet now, he should never enter another 100K tournament or maybe even $500 tournament or maybe even $50 tournament if he doesn't bet now. Yeah. So he's going to bet. Okay, good. Going to try to get some value out of these kings, and it should work. He bets 202000 He started the hand... Sorry, he started the river with like 300 and something? 390? Uh, yeah, 380. 380. So he bets more than half his stack on the river. Yes. Okay. So if you're Fabian Quas, you're sitting there. You can't beat any value. It's a weird thing that even though the way the hand went the way it did, you can't beat any value because here's the thing you really have to know. If we even believe Timothy Adams was capable and willing to bet two queens for value, he wouldn't bet this much because he'd be trying to get value out of jacks and tens. Yeah. So he would never bet 202,000. I got to believe. I don't think so. That seems crazy. He might bet small, but it, you can't target those things and bet, you know, 55% of your stack. They're just going to fold. Yeah. Too, way too much. Way yep. too much. So, But so, the way the hands played out, you would expect Quas just to sadly put the chip in and be like, I hope I win. As you know? I said to you as we were watching it, I certainly would have done that. I would have been like, I guess I'm forced to call. Like I checked all three streets to give you a chance to bluff, right? That was part of the idea. Yeah. It isn't just that I was sure I was behind. Right. I also wanted to give you a chance to bluff. You finally bet. Am I just going to throw away my freaking hand now? That seems insane. But then Quas starts making the face. Yeah. The, I don't like the spot face. The, this, should be, this should be more of a kind of like a face like, ah, it's not great, but I call, you know? Right. Instead, it's the, this scarf is a little bit scratchy. <laughs> what happened here, Jean-Pierre? Face. Yeah. Jean-Pierre, of course, his personal scarf designer. I, I mean, do I, I can't believe you felt the need to say that. I felt, I, we get there's no new, defending that. We get some new listeners sometimes and okay. they don't know about the quasi scarf you know situation. What? You're right. We do get some new listeners. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Fabian Quas folds. I don't understand. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. I get that he's betting no value at all. I get that Timothy Adams bet more than half a stack on the river when he didn't have to. But it, we checked through the flop and the turn. Don't we have to call because of that? Don't we have to? It's an absurd fold. I mean, this is beyond exploitative, it feels like. This is oh, yeah. insanely like, I can just see through your everything about you. I, I don't see your soul, buddy. I see the atoms that make up your soul. You know, I'm looking at the individual atoms because atoms apparently make up souls for Timothy Adams. Oh my God, atoms and atoms. <laughs> I can't believe it. All right, so let's think about the factors that lead to this. Fight. Okay. One is the, the fact that you would never expect Adams to have a preflop value hand that played this way and then bet 210K on the river that ace-jack can beat, like queens or jacks. It is true. We don't expect that ever. Right. Even we don't, we don't expect him to bet at all with queens or jacks, but if he did, it would be smaller, right? Yes. Uh, we don't expect Adams to have ace-10 here, right? No. He's not going to play ace-10 this he wouldn't, way. He just wouldn't have five-bet it. He no. would have opened the eye. He would have called. He would never would have five-bet it. Yeah. That's, so we, we're he never has ace-10. He never has ace-jack. We're discounting these chops and the worst aces. Yeah. He, if he was going to bluff, if he had a random bluff type hand, if he had like the jack-10 of spades, he would have bet before now. He would have bet the flop for sure. Yeah. Because... Because he would have, right? I mean, he would just... The flop was ace-8-4? Uh, ace-9-3. Close enough. Yeah. Is it possible Adams could somehow have a 9 had showdown value, but by the end when Quas keeps checking, he thinks, oh, maybe I have to turn it into a bluff? Is it possible? No. Seems unlikely, right? 
I guess that makes more sense than him having queens because at least he could fold out jacks. You know, yeah. and that would be a good result. It's like, oh, wow, you're still not betting. So you have like exactly tens or jacks or queens, yeah. right, Fabian? So I have to try and get rid of that because okay. I have a nine. That seems like a quite a stretch. What nine does he have anyways? Nine, ten suited that he decided to five bet. He is... He has some really weird, like nine six suited hand or something. I yeah, mean, it doesn't it nine weird. ten suited seems too good to five bet. I agree. Yeah, even nine six suited is too good. These hands are too good to five bet. Why would you five bet? Why would you click back five bet them? Yeah, put in a third of your stack. He's also the thing is he put in a third of his stack. He put in enough that he really was going to be forced to call off if Fabian moves in. Yeah, I mean, I guess not with so, nine six suited. Right, I guess he could find a fault with nine six suited. But why would you decide to inflate the pot more with nine six suited up to like more than a third of your stack pre? That's just dumb. It is. The Adams wouldn't do that. He's I a regular think. guy. Regular guys don't do that. No, he's just the average Joe. Yeah. Okay, so I can't... All, all of the reasons for folding make sense. I can't see a reason to call. I can't either, but... But how do you... You can't actually fold. <laughs> <laughs> There's, There's no, no actual folding here. I mean, this is a hyper elite fold. This is incredible. This is absolutely amazing that Quas makes this fold. Even though we come up with all the reasons, my biggest reason to call is... I have top pair. I have a actually a reasonable kicker. Even I hit it. No money's gone in. I'm wa- deeply underrepped, and I can't let you get away with just betting and winning the pot because I checked every street. You know, like in fact, I'm checking because I'm strong. You know, I'm checking to give you a chance to bluff, and I'm checking to protect myself in other situations like this. Right. But he knows Timothy Adams is not Sorrell Mitzi, so right. Timothy Adams doesn't have those random bluffs. And if he did, he would have absolutely bet them before now. So it's Sorrell. But yeah. yeah. Like, what a crazy line it would be if Timothy Adams ended up showing, like, some weird suited connector. Jack four of spades. <laughs> like, could Timothy Adams... No, the thing is, that even if he flapped hearts, if he flapped a flush draw, he would have bet that at some point before now to try yeah. and use his fold equity. He might have bet enough that he was committed to the pot, but he would have definitely gone for fold equity. He yeah. might just try and... Absolutely. ...realize the flush for free because he doesn't get there enough. Yeah. And that ace high board is perfect to bet on, right? Yep. This is... By the way, this gets kind of weird if we're saying... If Adam, I guess we're saying Adams is basically checking almost all of his value on the flop. Yeah, it seems that way. So does that mean... But we're saying he would have bet his bluffs. How can that be? Doesn't he have to have... I guess maybe just it has very little bluffs. I mean, 2013, 2013 was pretty much pre-GTO. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah. I'm seeing that. Yeah, so there's just not a sense of a balance or anything like that. No. And here we see Fabian Quas taking deep advantage of it. Yeah. Boy, if you're Fabian Quas and you can make this fold correctly, I can understand how he basically, I mean, he had a really strong run. He probably still is having it, yeah. by the way. But he's been really good for a very long time. But if you can fold against a guy as good as Timothy Adams here comfortably and pretty quickly, it isn't like he did a 10-minute tank. It was like a 30-second tank or a 45-second tank. Yeah, he just tank. makes the face and he folds, and Adams is probably sitting there thinking, ah, he had queens and I didn't get enough value. Yeah, like I, I guess I should have bet 100K on yeah. the river, you know. But like, boy, you don't, you don't even know Timothy Adams. You don't even know. Well said. Yeah. That's just a great fold. And of course, we've come up with all these reasons that it makes sense. Yeah. But I would not have made the fold. I'm glad you say that you wouldn't have done it either because I know I wouldn't have done it. Like 100%. Like I play these spots to call the river. And I feel... Now, I'm not playing up against guys this good. I'm not going to check the flop and the turn and fold the river. With this hand. Yeah. But it makes makes sense to do that, though. It really does. Yeah. I wonder if there's certain players you can do that against even now. I guess the tightest of the tight. That's it, right? Yeah. They have to be so insanely tight and trappy. And unbalanced. And, yeah. 
Unbalanced, super tight, trappy. I guess super tight and unbalanced. No, you can be super tight and balanced. Well, yeah. It's harder to be super tight and balanced. No. Um, unbalanced pre-flop, super tight post-flop, and trappy post-flop. Yeah. And also, I guess tight means, yeah, they're never going to like bet too. Like the sizing matters too, you know? Right. Like if you bet 100000 maybe Quas thinks he's trying to buy it cheap to fold out like Jax. Maybe. And he's getting a better price. Maybe. I mean, he's still getting a good price, but he's getting a way better price at 100 k than 200 k the whole thing is just weird. It's, I can't, this is crazy, but it's a great fold. I think this is just a good play. Yeah. This comes back to, though, if, if Adams bets 100000 on the turn and gets called, which I think he has to be called, doesn't he? Yes. I mean, maybe we're wrong about that, too. But well, yeah, because I, I would think he'd have to right. be called here. But let's, let's pretend for a second. Check 100000 call on the turn. Okay. Now Adams has... Less than 300K left, and the pot has 600,000 in it. I mean, I guess if you're Quas, you check and he moves in, it's like, oh my God, he has to have it, right? How can yeah. he bet again? Right. Maybe you find a fold anyway, but first of all, you get 100,000 more mo- most of the time, and it's harder to fold. Yes. You get, there's something, and this may not be true at all for Quas based on what we've seen here, but there's certainly something of an emotional commitment that players make to a hand once they call a previous street that they're more, more likely to call yeah. a subsequent street. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, because, yeah, you're like on the decision tree part, the part of the decision tree, I should say, which are like involves some calling, and that means there's more calling that often is going to follow. Obviously, yeah. there's still faults too, but you're deciding I might be good. You're believing you might be, you're good enough at the time that you have to call, yep. which means you still might believe that. Right? right. You're more likely to believe it. Absolutely. It's a little weird to say calling begets calling because, of course, folding can't beget calling, but still, I know what you mean M- mentally. So I'm just, I've been, I've definitely gotten the thing where like I call the flop. This has been a while now, but I'm thinking of one particular hand where I called the flop with like a good hand and I felt sort of obligated to call the turn because I had still like top, top and, and, but I was like, I don't see how I could be ahead, but aren't I supposed to call here? And then the river sort of came around the guy bet again and I'm thinking like, well, I'm getting a good price and I have a good hand and, you know, and you like sort of like talk, you sort of just get into the, like the, almost the meditative, like, well, I'm supposed to call here, right? Yeah. And actually, and I see that happen. I haven't done that in a long time, but I see that happen in tournaments sometimes with certain players where they like almost just feel obligated to call down with their hands. And it's like, you're sitting there and you're like, well, that can't be good. Like, right. there's no way the top pair is good here. It's a, there's a certain point in the ascension of everybody's poker skill. If they're going to ascend to a certain level, I believe where they have that thought process as a mainstay of their thought process that, if I was good when I called on the turn and nothing should change on right. the river, I'm supposed to call the river. They love saying that on that's TV. That's entirely untrue. Of course. That is something did change on the river. Yeah. That's like, way against game theory. I mean, you're supposed to fold a certain percentage of your range further on each subsequent 30% betting street, you know, 30%. And that, and that's a much better way to think about it than, well, I had ace Jack on a Jack four, four flop with a six on the turn. And now it's a deuce on the river and I called right. the turn. So obviously I have to call the river. Right. That's not true. Right. Of course not. Yeah. Then, by the way, the data point, the extra piece of information, the guy bet again. Yeah. And his sizing is also information for you and or her sizing, I should say. And that matters. And to pretend it doesn't is absurd. And you can't really be a long term big time winner if you're not thinking about stuff like that. Right. Guess who can be? That's Fabian Quas when he's making plays like this that at first, like we see plays a lot that we don't truly understand and we maybe you're like, ah, that might've been bad. This one, like we take some time. We're like, that was clearly right. Yeah. Clearly good. Yeah. And like something that I don't think anybody else would do. Maybe a couple other people like it's crazy. Yeah. Fabian Quas may find it hard to cross the Atlantic ocean, but he 
Found it pretty easy to find this fold. I think you can afford a plane ticket. I don't think it's hard to. You could cross with a with a plane. Are you saying it hard? It's yeah. Hard. What are you well, talking about? The passport situation. I think he's probably pretty decent on that. As far as he's he's been traveling the poker circuit. Oh, he can't get stolen. He can't lose things now. Apparently, he can get an expedited reissue. He's playing hundred case. If Fabian was here, he'd look at you crossly. Okay, we're done. Okay. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break. But I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.